What's up, skeptics? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm Jordan. With me is Jared. How's it going, Jared? It is going very well. Uh, there's a storm outside my house right now and tornado warning, so I thought it'd be a great time to record an episode with you. So, Record an episode about how we don't believe in God and there's nothing he can do, <laughs> the big dummy, you know. Well, I mean, it got me thinking, like, and maybe I should like maybe believe in him because if this tornado takes me away, like at least I'd be safe, right? I'd be in heaven. Right. So. so that gets us to the topic of today's episode. Uh, what's the point of being an atheist anyway? I mean, if you're right, you don't get anything. And if you're wrong, at best, you get nothing. And at worst, you're tortured forever in a lake of fire. <laughs> I mean, so. I know which one I'd want to go with <laughs> or not go with. Right. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Pascal's wager, which is a common argument, not technically for God itself, but for belief in God and yeah. why you should do that even if you don't believe it. It's, uh, it's really weird. Yeah, but before we do that, we're going to bring you the fallacy of the day, which is what we try to do here uh, on every episode. And today's fallacy of the day is the hasty generalization fallacy, also known as the jump to conclusions fallacy or... The black swan fallacy. So, which I don't like the last name, but we don't need to go into <laughs> reasons for that anyway. Uh, so this fallacy happens when you draw conclusions from a inadequate or small data set and like mm-hmm. bro- paint with a broad brush. So something like you see some teenagers spray painting a wall somewhere, and from that you conclude all teenagers are law breaking vagrants. Or uh, you could more less trivially, you could look at a study that has a very small sample size and from that make a conclusion. And that might be a hasty generalization because the sample size, the data you have doesn't justify the conclusion you're making. Right. You're not necessarily cherry picking, but you're not doing much picking at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so. So it's it can be a fine line between. How much is enough? We always want evidence, right? To believe a claim, we want to have sufficient evidence. But what is sufficient? That's the the challenge. And it's not there's no straightforward answer as to what exactly sufficient is. Yeah. You can use tools like Bayes theorem and things like that to try to help uh, apply numbers to your beliefs in order to be a bit more systematic. But at the end of the day, you're still using your subjective judgment to um to come to conclusions so avoiding this fallacy is less of a mechanical thing and more of just something to be aware of i would say there's a couple things you could do right so if you find yourself coming to a conclusion you could make sure you're one examining counter arguments to that conclusion right so uh in doing so you're probably going to come across either more evidence to support the conclusion or find good arguments to why your conclusion may not be right. So in the case of the teenagers spray paint and graffiti, like I'm sure you could find counterexamples of teenagers not doing that somewhere. But um, no, teenagers are awful. <laughs> they're they are horrible. So. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. yeah. So just be be aware that this is a thing that can happen and it's a pitfall that's common for people. So make sure you look for evidence, especially disconfirming evidence is the probably the best way to go about it. Um, if yeah. you if you try to falsify the thing you want to be true, then you're more likely to arrive at a true conclusion at the other side. Yep. And this one probably pertains to like if you're going into something with some sort of bias, right? So 
this fallacy is probably more prone to people who are have confirmation biases or want a certain conclusion to be true from the start. So, right. The guy who is shaking his fist at teenagers probably had a negative opinion of teenagers to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Justifiably but. so. Well, speaking of negative opinions, negative opinions. So <laughs> the Pascal's wager, you may have heard this, um, thrown around in the past, um, but Blaise Pascal was a he was a philosopher, Christian philosopher, um, in the 17th century, and he coined this this wager. Now most people will hear like the common version of it, like you know, you might as well believe in God because if you don't, you know, you'll go to hell, and if you, you know, if you do, then you get to go to heaven for eternity, and you got nothing to lose, right? But that's not exactly what he said. So what did he say, Jordan? Like, he said, let us weigh the gain and loss in wagering that God is. Let us estimate these two chances. If you gain, you gain all. If you lose, you lose nothing. Wager then without hesitation that he is. It was a, a fancier. Yeah. 17th century, so yeah. everything sounded fancier. But it, it, yeah. it boils down to something similar. Uh, the essential assertion being that if you wager that God is real, and you're correct, you gain an infinite reward, usually some kind of paradise in heaven for all eternity. So you have infinite utility. And if you lose, uh, he says you lose nothing, but elsewhere in the book, he, he more elucidates, it's not necessarily nothing. It's some finite amount. You lose something no. that is not infinite. And so whenever you're stacking infinite against the finite, well, the infinite's always going to win. And this works if you do kind of like a naive estimate of your utility. So if you're not familiar with the verbiage of utility, it's basically what you would expect to get from a particular choice. And the simplest way to, to calculate it is to say, what are, what's the thing I'm going to get multiplied by the probability I'm going to get the thing. And that's your utility. So for example, if I said, Hey, uh, I've got this coin, it's fair coin. It's going to be heads or tails. So you have a 50-50 shot, 50% probability. And if it's heads, I'm going to give you $100, right? And if it's tails, you get nothing. And maybe you have to pay a dollar. It doesn't matter. But your expected utility from that coin flip is 100. That's the amount you'll get times 0.5, 50. So your expected utility from that situation is $50. And so if if it costs you anything less than $50, then the rational thing to do would be to take that bet because your expected utility is to. It's greater than what you would put into it. Right. Yeah. So that's how the verbiage of utility works. Um, And so if you think about it kind of at a surface level, it makes sense. If your reward is infinite, even if you think there's a very small chance that God is real like a 1%, 0.01% doesn't matter because that 0.01% times infinity is still infinity. So, yeah. Well, I so mean, yeah, you should definitely do it. That's our show, yeah. folks. Thanks for coming. <laughs> well, I I think the show is going to be a shorter one, but maybe not that short, right? Because <laughs> there are right. there are some criticisms to this this wager, right? Uh, the wager says nothing at all about whether or not we actually have reasons or good reasons to believe in this God. It's just a straight up like you should do it because you you have this expected utility from it, right? But right, but it kind of is implicit. Well, Pascal addresses this, but it's in just that formulation. It's implicit that you you can choose 
to believe. You can just say, yep, I'm going to do it. I believe. Um, and you can't actually do that. You can't just choose to believe something. And if you don't agree with me, then right now choose to believe that I'm right. You can't but, do that. But you're wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you can't it, you you can't choose to just be convinced of something in the moment, right? Yeah. It's just a state of being, and so it's not as simple as just saying, "Okay, I believe in God now." It, yeah, it's not that easy. So I mean. Yeah. Could you just fake that you believe, though, right? Like, that's the other thing. So, Which is actually what Pascal encourages his reader to do. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> yep. Go through the motions. Go to church. Basically, pretend to believe in God and try to put aside all of your objections to believing in God. And in the hopes that one day you might get there, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's not completely absurd. Because if you do the same thing, if you, in, in, you know submerge yourself in that community and like put all your mind to it you might be able to get to a point where you've convinced yourself above whatever objections you had possibly yeah yeah there's definitely a psychological component to that i mean if you look at um habitual liars for example uh they will lie so much and tell the same lie over and over that they actually start to believe it so there is something going on there yeah Um, not that everyone who goes to church is in that situation have kind of faked themselves into it. But I, well, it, I mean, it's three people were, so that means all people are true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, another consideration here is that would that kind of faked belief be pleasing to this God? So like mm. the whole reason you're believing in this God is because you're kind of going on the assumption that that's what you need to get in. Right. Because, because you're getting a reward at the end. Right. Right. That's the whole point. And Pascal was coming to this from the position of a Catholic, so that belief in Jesus Christ was what gave you eternity. But if you are faking it, that's a dishonest act, and it may be that the God that, even the Christian God, may not value that kind of dishonesty, right? That uh, that's, uh, It's in the top ten commandments, right? Don't bear <laughs> false witness. So yes. I mean, it, it made top ten right up there with, like... Uh, you know, not making images and working on Saturday. So super important. Very important things to do. I mean, right. So. so there's a consideration. You might just by faking it, you might go ahead and disqualify you. Um, but on the other side, the the other portion of the wager is that you lose nothing or you lose something finite, right? right. Pascal says uh, says you lose nothing, but he kind of clarifies it. it's fine. It's but finite. The, yeah. Uh, other people, like I'm pretty sure Ray Comfort, Banana Man, uh, says you don't lose anything. I've heard other apologists and Christians say like you have nothing to lose, basically. Right. That's the common parlance amongst uh, Christians that you will come in who will use Pascal's wager, even if they don't realize they're using Pascal's wager. They'll say, you know, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. But do we really have nothing to lose by believing if even if it's a fake belief, like? I mean, well, well, I'd lose sleep on Sunday. Yeah, so. That's important to me. <laughs> right. They're sleeping uh, in on Sunday or, or yeah. tithing, for example. That's a financial loss, you know, if, if you're required right. to tithe, you know. So if I'm going through the motions of praying or any other sort of obligation that this belief, if I'm going to, you know, go through the motions of a genuine belief, that's going to cost me time and energy that I could be using in other ways. Yeah. Even though. We're talking about if you're doing the calculations, like the infinite stuff is going to outweigh all of that stuff 
no matter what, but there's still a cost, right? And even though from just like a cold examination of the facts, the infinite does outweigh the finite, it may not be necessarily that simple. First of all, I don't think we can know that there is a finite chance of God existing, right? Mm. Maybe I, I don't know that God has a non-zero chance of, of existing. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But it is debatable whether it's actually rational or at least rationally required to do the thing that has maximum utility. So take to illustrate this, imagine that I gave you a choice. You can either take a million dollars, free and clear, here's a million, walk away, or flip that coin from before for a billion dollars. Wait, wait, so you're telling me I could just get a million bucks straight up, just like right now. Just, just don't do anything. You just boom, take your million and walk, or flip a coin. If it comes up heads, you get a billion. If it comes up tails, you get nothing. Now, what's the expected utility? Option A, it's a million, because you have a 100% chance of getting it. million dollars, easy. But option 500 B, million, though, option B, you flip a coin for 500 million, right? Yeah. But if it gives up so, a billion, though, yeah. Yeah. So, but your expected utility is bigger on option B. So the cold, like rational thing to do is B. But I think you could make a pretty good case for going with A, right? If, for instance, you were in a, a serious financial, like, hole where, you know, your house is being repossessed or something. Yeah, 500 billion or million might, like, that's a lot of expected utility. But I, the risk is not worth it. Like, I'm putting a value on that risk. So it's not just as simple as 50%, right? Like, it's not flippant. I can't mm. afford, I, I don't have that risk tolerance, so I'm going to go with the sure bet. And I don't think that's necessarily irrational. And no, so, so no. bringing it back to Pascal's wager, this life is the only one we know for sure we get. And it's... so costs in this world, may it may be reasonable to value them way more than benefits in some possibly fictitious world after death. Yeah. So we have to, we have to calculate that in when we're doing our wagers. One of the other things that is criticized with pascal's wager is the fact that he's basing this just on the premise of like the one christian god um but if we really wanted to start taking into account all the things wouldn't we have to take into account all the other possible gods and goddesses and pantheons out there like right to quote one of the greatest philosophers of the 20th century homer simpson (laughs) <laughs> when asked, you know, he's trying to argue that they shouldn't go to church. And he says, but Marge, what if we pick the wrong religion? Every week we're just getting, making God matter and matter. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I mean. So uh, Pascal was kind of assuming there was just the, the Catholic option was the only one. And Frank Turek, another very popular apologist in his on his website, cross-examined, they say that you have to go into this argument assuming that the right answer, if there is a God, is that it's the Christian God and belief in Jesus is the only way. It's like, if you agree with that, you're pretty much already a Christian, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like at that point, you're convinced. I don't know why we're still- <laughs> You're not even taking this wager, right? <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. You've already <clears throat> taken it, yeah. But, you know, there's more than one live option for gods out there. There's all of the various gods of all the various religions, and many of them are um, are exclusive to each other. So mm-hmm. if you choose the Christian God, you are not choosing the Muslim version of that same God, or you're not choosing the gods of North, North mythology. You're not choosing the Hindu gods, you know, 
And so and, what if those are right? Yeah. And these are maybe what some might consider benevolent gods too, but what if it's a non-benevolent God who's like going to be pissed off because you chose, you know, so there's or, all different possibilities. Perhaps, uh, None of these are the right answer, but there is a benevolent God and that God, for whatever reason, values people using their rational minds to come to the best decision they can. Basically, like live a good life and do your best. That's what he wants. Yeah. And in that case, what that God would want is for you to examine the evidence. If it's not sufficient, conclude that he doesn't exist and then live a good life anyway. And then at the end, it's like, hey, you were wrong, but good job. You know? Yeah. Um, Come on there's in. A, there's actually a philosopher, uh, Michael Martin, in the in the 1990s, uh, put up this thing called the atheist wager, where he you know kind of goes through the things and does the math similar to Pascal, but he basically at the end of it just concludes like if if there is a benevolent God, you know, then living a good life, like you have nothing to lose by um, by not just living a good life. So we should live a good life regardless of a belief in yeah. a God, because at the end, like if you look at all the math. I don't Basically, know if it works out, but if if there is a benevolent God and you live a good life, then at the end you get an infinite reward. Yeah. If there is not a benevolent God, but you live like there is no God at all, and you live a good life, well, at the end you lived a good life, and that has value, right? Do you still have any lasting effects from your good deeds? If there's a not benevolent God, then you're boned no matter what you do. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that's what matter. So just yeah. live a good life. Just live a good, yeah. Which I mean, it makes sense if you think about it. Um, and that kind of goes into you know some of the things that atheists will talk about, like, well, what is the why do you do good things? And it's because it has an impact on this world. And like, so um, different conversation. But speaking of morality, one last objection to Pascal's wager might be that it may not. There may be other considerations. So. The Pascal's framework is purely utilitarian. Like you have this expected utility to yourself. You as a person are going to get an infinite reward if you do this. And because you're going to get a reward, you should do the thing. But I think we all recognize that doing something simply because you're going to get a reward isn't always the moral thing to do, right? Sometimes you need to give up things in order to do the right thing. Right. Right. I mean, we've all heard about the example of like, if you have two kids and one kid does something because he knows he's going to get a lollipop for doing it. And another kid does something because he knows it's going to make his friend feel good at the end. Like they both took the same action, but one of them did it for self gratification. And one of it did it because it was the right thing to do. So So under certain moral framework, Kantian ethics, for example, that would be the more laudable, the correct thing to do. And so where this ties into Pascal is if we don't know what God there is, or if we think the God may be immoral, may be a moral monster, then we might have a moral obligation not to worship him, even if doing so would give us utility. So for example, if I'm not convinced that the Christian God is a good God, like I know that the the Christians claim that he's benevolent, but I'm not convinced he is, then I think it would be wrong of me to worship this God, no matter what reward he's going to offer me. And so the utility doesn't even factor into it because it's right. wrong. Um, incidentally, uh, there's it's an interesting question of whether if you were convinced God exists, would you 
be a Christian? Like if you were convinced the Christian God exists, would you become a Christian is a question I get all the time. Um, the answer to that is I would stop being an atheist for sure. Well, by definition, you couldn't be an atheist anymore, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I would have, I would have been convinced that a God exists. So there you go. Yeah. But I would, ha- and if I were convinced that the God that exists is the one that Christians talk about, a benevolent God who has our best interest at heart is like perfectly loving, then sure. But if I look at the Bible, that's not the God I see. You know, he right. does some nasty stuff. Lucy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. so if I'm convinced this God exists, I'm going to need him to justify some things to me before I bend the knee, you know? Right. No, I've been asked the same thing and I, I think you're in, you're justified in doing so. Like just because you have knowledge of something doesn't mean and that's something right. you need to take into account too for this wager, right? So, um, and if you think about it, like imagine God exists, right? And He is a benevolent God, and I He knows my mind, right? So He knows that I am not convinced that He's benevolent. I think mistakenly that He's evil because He flooded the world or He permitted these diseases genocide or whatever. and you yeah. know, all this stuff. Yeah. So I think He's evil. I'm wrong, but I think He's evil. I think it's at least plausible that if I go into heaven and spit in his eye and like, no, I'm not submitting because you're wrong, you're evil, and I'm going to stand up for what I think is right. I think you could argue that that behavior might be rewarded because I'm doing, I'm acting off of incomplete, incorrect information, but I'm doing the right thing with the information I have. Yeah, you're making a a fallacy, a hasty generalization. No, maybe you're not though. But yeah, I think you're right. If you think about it, if this God is benevolent, and that's the whole point here, if it's benevolent and you're making this decision based on all the information you had available to you that led to you either one, to concluding that you weren't convinced of a God or that this God was a moral monster, I think you would have to to say that this benevolent God would have to give you some brownie points for sticking to your guns, right? Like, hey, good on yep. you, Jordan, for being an atheist and spitting in my eye, you know? like Right, good job. Now let me explain to you why you were wrong. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I believe now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to summarize, Pascal's wager says that you should just pretend to believe in God, even if he's not real, because if he is, it would be super cool. And I counter that to say no, because believing in God comes at a cost. It costs me time, money, and energy. I don't think it's right, so it costs me my rationality. Mm. And I am not convinced that this God, even if he exists, is a moral good being worthy of worship, and so it would cost me my moral fiber as well. So you want your million dollars instead of the half, half half billion? Yeah. Am I getting a million dollars? If so, I'm never doing this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're, this is for money? No. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's Pascal's wager. Hopefully, if you encounter it in the wild now, you'll have a good answer to it. I don't. It's not used very often in like the upper echelons of apologetics, but it's pretty common when you're just talking to Joe Blow theists, like the, your mom or dad, or you know. Christian yes. friend you might have. So so some of those counter-talking points, like you said, um, does it actually not have a cost? What if you're wrong about being wrong? Like, what if there's more gods? Like, that's a common one that they don't really think about too often. So, and, and just acting good for good sake. Right. Maybe that that's enough to get you in. Now, 
keep in mind if you are talking to someone who's bringing this up, be kind. You know, they're, they're, there's a good chance they're talking. Well, depends on the person. If they're <laughs> if they're talking to you because they genuinely care about you and want you to avoid going to hell for all eternity, that's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. even if they're wrong about it. So just keep that in mind. Be cool. Be nice to each other. Uh, so that's, yeah, that, that's, it. that's a wrap. If you enjoyed this, give us a like, comment, let us know what you think. Let us know what uh, future topics you want us to cover. Uh, we've got a couple of suggestions that we've received on Twitter. Uh, press X underscore to doubt um, that we're going to throw into new episodes. So if you suggest us something, there's a pretty good chance we're going to get to it. Unless it's something like really off the wall or super duper specific or, you know, it's like <laughs> suspiciously we, suspicious. Yeah. suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let us know what you think. Uh, and until next time, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out.